And it is the weekend, or should I say it's the weekend, baby. That's what they usually say. Oh, my goodness. What a week. What a week. Election week. This week was election week, and um, we've had some, first of all, before I even get into the the specifics of who won and who did not win, and let me first of all say I want to thank everyone who got out and voted. I want to thank everyone who got out and voted because we made history in midterm elections all across this country in terms of turnout. Uh, I believe it's the most people in so many states, including my home state of Ohio, uh, more people than we have seen in almost a decade. Uh, some record-breaking numbers across the country, especially for midterms. And why is that? Because midterm elections, usually there's not enough money, not enough coverage in terms of free media, not enough people talking about it. Um, and so, therefore, people tend to not participate in midterm elections. Now, someone asked me, why do they call it midterm? And basically because they look at the presidential election, like kind of the Super Bowl, uh, the main event, um, you know, if, if you uh, if you play basketball, it's the championship game. Um, it's, you know, it is the big one. As, you know, Fred Sanford would say, this is the big one. It's the big one according to how they've marketed it. So the president's, run every four years president united states run that office is up every four years and so you take half of the four years that's two years they call that midterm elections i call it the political playoffs because you cannot really win the championship the super bowl you've got to really win and be and play in the playoffs um and in the playoffs are the governors of most of the states across the country and in the midterm elections are um, your your Congress. Now, Congress runs both in the midterm and in the presidential. So if you, you, you don't get the right Congress in the presidential, they say you got another shot at it in the midterm election. And usually when there's not a presidential race, there's lack of money, lack of resources, lack of education, lack of promotion, lack of marketing, of get out and vote. Usually in midterm elections, you don't see as many African Americans, as many young and college students, um, you know, occasional voters are not the occasional voters, meaning voters who, you know, might vote in the presidential, but that's about it. And so you don't see as many of them coming out to vote. So you don't have the masses of the voters coming out that usually come out in a presidential election. So during the midterm election, many times it skews toward uh, Republican leadership because statistics have shown um, usually when there is low turnout, Republicans usually do better in elections than Democrats statistics usually show and it's not all the time but it usually shows that when more people come out when um, a, a larger group representing the country comes out of different folks different backgrounds different income levels different ages different races etc different genders um, when that happens usually Democrats have a better winning record 
Usually, not all the time, but usually. Um, and so in this midterm election, uh, there was a fight to take the House. So right now, uh, before uh, the swearing in of the new Congress people who were elected on Tuesday, right now the the president is Republican. The House of Representatives are Republican. And the United States Senate is Republican. And those three um, entities, or if you want to call it, um, are supposed to be the checks and balances so that nobody gets out of hand. But when you have everybody of the same party with the same thought, then you have a monopoly. And so there's been a monopoly in Washington by the Republican Party. Therefore, they can do whatever they want to do. And in this election, there were so many um, threats that were on the ballot. Social Security, there's been a threat to cut Social Security. There's been a threat to cut health care with pre-existing conditions. And uh, many of you know what that is, pre-existing condition, a condition you already had medically. Um, and so there's been um, a movement to put a cut on those pre-existing conditions. And those could be identified as if you got cancer, that could be, well, you got a pre-existing condition now. You can't be insured. So there are a lot of different, uh, a long list of things. So, um education, jobs, all of that was on the ballot. So more people came out because for the first time, the Democratic Party really pushed midterm elections and funding was there. And so many people got up and ran for offices for the first time, many for the first time. More women ran for the first time. Uh, a more diverse group of people of different races and backgrounds ran for the first time for Congress, etc. So no longer was it just people who were in the political realm that said, I want to run. You've got people from other who never ran ever at all. Uh, Lucy Macbeth uh, ran and won in Georgia for Congress. Now, Lucy Macbeth, let me take you back. Her son was the one that was in his car and had music on and a uh, uh, african-american young man he had his music playing inside of his car and a uh, caucasian gentleman drove up or i shouldn't say gentleman male because well, there was nothing gentlemanly that he did rode up next to him didn't like that his music was loud and killed him and that male was sentenced uh, he did get, there was justice in that case. So many other cases, Trayvon Martin, et cetera, there was uh, no justice. But there was justice in that particular case. And so Lucy Macbeth didn't stop. She ran on, she's running on gun control. We need some controls as it relates to that. Uh, and she decided that instead of asking Congress to do the right thing, uh, which she had been trying to do, uh, with with uh, except you know instead of going and 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 uh, testifying before Congress and hoping they do the right thing, she said, "You know what? I'm gonna run myself." And so she ran and won in Georgia in a seat that had been historically held by a uh, by Republicans. It was a stronghold for Republicans. So she had a historic 
race in Georgia. And there were so many historic races in Congress. More uh, women, African-American women, women of color, more women, period. I believe there's a hundred women in uh, Congress and uh, that is historical. And so, you know, you have more historical races around the country of women running and winning for Congress. And so they will be in Congress and sworn in and a beast of new people. The Democratic Party uh, Congress, they took over the Congress. They needed 23 seats. They got more than 23 seats. So they will be picking, they will be becoming uh, the majority in the House of Representatives. In the Senate, though, Republicans are still in control. So Mitch McConnell is still in control. On the House side, they will elect a Speaker of the House. Uh, the current minority leader is Nancy Pelosi. So they are working now on who will be in leadership for the Democratic Party in Congress. And they will have, you know, one year and then the next they'll have next year, 2019 and 2020, they will have to get reelected. So they've got 19 to get busy. They've got 19 to get busy. They will be the heads, the chairs of the critical uh, committees. They'll be the chairs of all the committees, but they will be critical committees that they'll be the chair of. Uh, Elijah Cummings, Congressman Elijah Cummings, good friend of mine. He um, will be the chair of the committee that handles uh, the investigation that uh, is going on of uh, the president. So the, his, his oversight committee will be leading in investigations as it relates to some of the things that are happening with the president, uh, Donald Trump. Also, Congresswoman Maxine Waters, who has been on our show, Alicia Reese Soul Food, and uh, has been a mentor, the, the person that actually got me to run for office back in 1999. She will be the chair of the committee that oversees uh, financial institutions, banks, etc. She will be over that committee. Uh, and so you remember when she would be asking questions and she would say, reclaiming my time, Mr. Chairman, reclaiming my time. Well, she will be the chair and she will be the timekeeper. And so it's going to be interesting. People are saying that she's going to be subpoenaing records, etc. But she has vowed to take on Donald Trump and so therefore she will have subpoena power uh in her committee. So um it's going to be interesting. Democrats are going to have to get in, get moving quickly and be ready to fight. Uh in the meantime, right after the election, uh Donald Trump had a press conference and um in the press conference, you know, went to war with the press. So the press now, he's, he's tried to revoke the pass of one of the media uh, reporters, White House media reporters in the, uh, in the White House, revoke his pass for, because he asked questions, and I guess he didn't like the questions. So now um, the press, him and the press are going at it. And so that's going on. In addition, every time there is a situation, as you can see, that doesn't go well for Donald Trump, i.e. these elections. Now, don't tell me, let me, let me be clear. Democrats didn't win everything, but they won the House. And that's a problem for Donald Trump. 
And so therefore, if you notice, every time there's something that doesn't go his way, he figures out how to blame somebody and he fires somebody. Just take a look at it. Every time something happens, he fires somebody, sending a signal to his supporters that, hey, it wasn't me. I'm getting rid of this person. And and it also takes the headline. So um, Sessions, Jeff Sessions, who is the United States Attorney General, um, who was a member of the United States Senate, um, who was appointed by, uh, was a Donald Trump supporter early on, and was appointed by Donald Trump as the attorney general, has um, uh, resigned by force. So I don't know if that's called fired, but resigned by force. And he is he is out. Now, many people were saying, well, we got to do a, um, because there's the Mueller investigation, we've got to do a rally. I saw something come across my phone and my email rally for sessions why would i be rallying for sessions who while attorney general uh weakened and almost got rid of the civil rights division of the united states attorney general's office why would i be rallying um for this guy who uh, you know and under the civil rights uh, that division that take that takes on uh, voting rights that takes on um, uh, rights as it relates to uh, police and, uh, and 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 they call it communities of color. Uh, but African American uh, community, he came in and got he wants to he changed consent decrees. Do you know consent decree is how consent decree was one of the things that we had in Cincinnati, but it was called a collaborative agreement. But but, it, you know, we've had consent decrees. That's how we were able to diversify uh, back in the day, the police department. That's how we were able to diversify the, the fire department. And so he's come back on his way out now. He done got fired or forced out or what have you, whatever deal they done cut. But. On his way out, he signed a, 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 a new uh, order as it relates to consent decrees where the um, change in the way that those are, are put together. In other words, weakening them. And here they had the nerve to be sending an email to me, a voting rights advocate, a fighter to put voting rights in constitutions across this country, sending me an email to my let's rally. Can you sign this online petition to keep sessions? Are you crazy? So we got to be careful. When he started getting rid of all these people, I mean, I'm not rallying for Jeff Sessions and what he put in. I'm talking about people who put in, um, who have had a power to put in place policies that take us back. I'm not talking about people that are in positions and they can't do nothing. I'm talking about the man who is United States attorney, who was a United States attorney general and was able to put in policies that sent us back to days before the civil rights movement. So please do not send me any emails. I will not be marching. I will not be protesting and I will not be doing any type of resistance as it relates to Jeff Sessions who Coretta Scott King herself, when she was alive, said that this man was racist. 
in his policies and what he has done. And you know Coretta Scott King, she's very soft-spoken, very classy woman when she was alive. And, you know, she put this out and she would not have done that if the evidence was not there. In fact, she, in her letter, presented, in her testimony, presented evidence. So no, 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 no ma'am, no sir, will not be marching, will not be protesting Jeff Sessions. No, no, no. So um, that is the newest thing that happened because it overshadows what happened in the elections. But let me say what's happening um, also in Georgia. Stacey Abrams, African-American woman who um, graduated not only from HBCU, but Yale, et cetera, uh, you know, making history, was a Democratic nominee. And that race is still in play. Still in place. Now, some people say, well, how is that possible when we voted on Tuesday? Well, in Georgia, you have to have um, not just the majority of the vote. You have to have, I believe, 50% or more of the vote in order to, in order to win. 51%, I'm sorry. You have to have 51% of the vote in order for it to be over. And if it's not, then we go into what they call a runoff. We go into a runoff. And so in the runoff, there's a new election almost. And people have time to vote. But there won't be, I don't believe there's any early voting and all that. I think it's it's just a you know, short amount of time. You get the vote. And then that's it. And so my understanding is that uh, her Republican opponent, um, I think he's only won 50% of the vote. And votes are still coming in, from what I'm understanding. Um, I believe votes are still coming in. And uh, they're still counting. And she's making sure they count. You know all the, I don't know if you saw it, but they played a lot of games in Georgia. If you don't believe that voter suppression is real, Pay attention to what they're doing in Georgia. If you do not believe that voting is important, they would not put this much time into it. I'm telling you, if it wasn't powerful, nobody would be bothered with it. So I just wanted to let you know that in Georgia, they're still counting the votes. And uh, there will be a runoff, I believe, and I think it will probably happen in um, December. But they're finding votes everywhere. And what happened was Brian Kemp, who was the Republican nominee running for governor, he uh, was the sitting secretary of state. So remember, he came in, he tried to purge the votes. Over 50% of the votes, they filed lawsuits, NAACP, et cetera, other groups. Um, I think, but the main person that led it was the NAACP. They filed lawsuits, filed an injunction so that those votes would not be thrown away. They were successful, so those people were able to vote. You remember the senior citizens. I don't know if you heard about it, but let me tell you, they got on a, vote, a, bu uh, a bus to go vote, senior citizens, and were escorted off the bus and told they could not vote. Um, and they had to come back and file some legal work and was able to go back and, and vote. Uh, they played every trick in the game in Georgia to try to stop uh, Stacey Abrams to becoming the first African-American and first African-American woman and first woman to be 
the governor of Georgia. But she says, hey, I'm not stopping. We're not, we not conceding to every single vote is counted. And so to do that, it's not, it's not cheap. You got to have lawyers and, 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 and they do a runoff and you, you runoff don't have all that national money as usual. You got to come up with this money. You got to file these charges. You got to get a lawyer and all of that is expensive. And so one of the people that would be counting the votes or leading the effort of the vote count overseeing it would be the secretary of state. Well, that's the guy that's running that's the guy who tried to erase the votes and so people have called for him to resign now he did resign because he's declaring himself the winner for governor <laughs> so he has resigned but he's trying to declare himself uh the winner but you can't declare yourself the winner because you have not gotten 51 percent of the vote and votes are still being counted but he's walking around i'm in i'm the governor and i'm getting prepared for I'm getting prepared for uh, the transition, etc. cetera. Uh, but there's been a lawsuit filed uh, to count these votes. These votes have to be counted. So keep your eyes on Georgia. Keep your eye on Georgia um, because they're going to try everything they can to stop Stacey Abrams from being governor. But I appreciate the fight. And this is what I'm trying to tell you guys. It doesn't just stop when you go and vote. We got to fight and make sure the vote is counted. It's movement time. It's movement time. And so everyone should converge on Florida. Um, because, hey, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's something we got to keep our eyes on. And we got to support and we got to stay woke on how we can support those in Georgia. Now, to everyone who's listening, all my folks, I got a lot of folks that listen to uh, the show, Alicia Reese Soul Food and podcasts. You listen that live in Georgia. Uh, a lot of them, Atlanta, all my skaters, every skater I know. When I go down to Atlanta, we got over 2,000 folks roller skating. I need you to make sure when it's the runoff, we got to show up and show out in terms of voting. I got a lot of folks that I know in Savannah, college students, come on, HBCUs, we have got to deliver this. And so um, don't just show up once. If we got to come back for the runoff, let them know. We'll be back for the runoff. We'll be back. They're just counting on us not to show back up uh, for, for if there is a runoff. Uh, so right now I think they're trying to make sure if you voted provisionally, uh, to get in contact with them, you can go to my page, Alicia Reese Soul Food. I will have the phone number on if you're in Georgia, who to call to make sure that your vote is counted. To make sure your vote is counted. I tell you, can you imagine the home state of Congressman John Lewis, the man who marched as a young man across the Edmund Pettus Bridge? They beat him so bad, it got all the way, beat his skull in, but he survived it. And he's in Congress and it's his home state reliving that again where they're trying to take away people's votes. Come on, people. Come on. So this is Alicia Reese, uh, Soul Food uh, Elections. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some other elections, uh, the results and what happened when you came out and voted.
and we're back with Alicia Reese Soul Food, Food for the Soul. And we're talking, I can't say post-election, because in Georgia, we're still counting the votes. We're filing lawsuits. Uh, we've got a, a guy down there who has declared himself the winner, but he didn't get the the numbers that he had to have in order for us to not have a runoff. Votes are still being counted. People are coming and talking about they voted and they want to make sure their vote is counted. Keep your eye on Georgia. All my listeners in Georgia, please, please make sure your vote was counted. And if there's a runoff, get ready for the runoff. We got to show up and show out. I also want to uh, say in Florida, in Florida, there, Florida, um, that was a tough race, a race that we were watching. Andrew Gullum and Andrew um, thought that night, election night, he thought he lost. And then sometimes, you know, this is interesting. Uh, I can't wait to see what the turnout is of this because uh, this is a, a, a faith piece. He thought he lost. They told him it was over. He gave a concession speech and he was very emotional. You could tell it hurt him. Um, and, you know, we're talking about history in Florida. First, he could be the first African-American uh, governor of Florida. And he was really, you know, kind of, he was hurt. I can tell. And I understand. You put it all out there. They beat him up. They came for him. You know, all the attacks that he had to have, those are the only ones we know about. We don't even know about other attacks because we're not down there. But bottom line is, he went to sleep, conceded. He conceded, meaning he had uh, uh, said that, you know, gave a concession speech, you know, thank you all for voting. Uh, we didn't do it this time. You know, all that stuff. And went to bed thinking that he had lost the race, that it was a done deal. Woke up the next day only to find out votes were still coming in. Votes were still being counted. Why were votes still being counted? Because you got provisional votes. Votes were still being counted. And therefore, uh, now... He has reached the margin that needs to be reached. If it's a certain, if it's if it's very very close, then they have what they call a recount. Okay, an automatic recount. So he went to bed thinking it's over. Woke up the next day only to know that wait a minute, more votes came in. You went too fast. You gave up too soon. You never know. Never know what God's gonna do. And so now he is in uh, a recount. So they're going to recount these votes and it could be a chance that he actually wins this race, Andrew Gullum. So uh, keep your keep your prayers for that race Uh, in Ohio. Before I get to the statewide races, let me just say Hamilton County, my home county. We did it. I mean, we turned up and turned out in Hamilton County. Uh, Stephanie Dumas, congratulations. Stephanie Dumas became uh, the first African-American female to be on the county commission in Hamilton County. She became the first African-American to be on the county commission in Hamilton County. And she became the first African-American woman in the entire state to sit to to be elected to county commission in the state of Ohio. And nobody I won't say nobody. Because you know on this show, we were screaming, vote for Stephanie Dumas. But I'm telling you, the establishment, the Democratic establishment, and the newspapers and the general market, you know, all the, all those, uh, the, the pundits, as they would call it. The pundits did not think she could win because she didn't have any money. 
She and she even said it. She she only had, you know, four hundred dollars worth of signs and she would move them around every week. She didn't knock any doors. So, you know, we've had people we've got some races where they knocked all these doors and we lost bad, <laughs> you know, um, and she didn't knock any doors. But she did talk to voters uh, at early voting at the polls, et cetera. And because there was a huge turnout of people uh, aware of the midterm elections, educated about them. Um, they were coming out to the polls and she was there to talk to them on a personal basis. So Stephanie Dumas went and beat an incumbent who had been a city council member, had been on the county commission and had um, a lot of money. Let me just say that. Well, he was on TV, he was on radio. He, even he's scratching his head. He said, I'm looking at the X's and the O's of campaigns and we did everything, but we just didn't win. My point to all of that is that even the Democratic Party did not choose Stephanie Dumas. They chose somebody else. She beat that person in the primary. Then when she got out of the primary, they really didn't put no resources behind her. Not really. You know, but I told you on this show, Stephanie Dumas, vote for Stephanie Dumas. And I predicted that she could and would win that election. So that was huge, a huge historic race here in Hamilton County and the state of Ohio. Secondly, in the state of Ohio, we elected the first African-American um and also first African-American woman to ever be elected to the Ohio Supreme Court. Remember I told y'all how judges in Ohio and, and state Supreme Courts, you get to vote on them. Remember I told y'all about that? And remember Melody Stewart was on our show. We did our get out to vote session and she came in, was on our show. She was the one that's the pianist who um, uh, graduated from the University of Cincinnati, um, uh, College of Conservatory and Music. She also has a PhD. Remember that, and a legal degree. And she was already a judge and had gotten the highest rating of anybody from the American um, Bar Association. And uh, and so she was on our show. And remember, we were talking about how judges are important. And I educated everyone about how a you you can't vote for the United States Supreme Court judge but you can vote for the ohio supreme court judge well she won she won all the way from she was there at new prospect baptist church with us for our gotv get out to vote show um and she got a chance a lot of people got a chance to hear her and talk to her and um you know um and she won and she is now the first african-american democrat of any office to win statewide First one. And it's interesting because on the on the on the ballot, there's no D by her name. There's no R by her name. Judges, they don't have identification, Democrat or Republican. So she ended up uh, a winning. And at a time when at the state, uh, all of the Democrats lost statewide. So we lost for governor, uh, lost for attorney general, lost secretary of state, lost for treasurer. Uh, but even in the midst of that, she won. Sherrod Brown won for United States Senate. Um, he won his race. Um, and so the governor of Ohio is, is Mike DeWine. Mike DeWine is the governor of Ohio. And, I've you know, hey, we had an election. People voted. And he won. I've got to give him a congratulations. Mike DeWine, 
Uh, he's the governor of Ohio. And let me say that Mike DeWine, I've worked with him. His son and I were on Cincinnati City Council together. We worked together on Cincinnati City Council. And we got a lot of stuff done. Um, his son is also a Ohio um, Supreme Court uh, justice. He won. He swore me in my last uh, time as a state representative when I got elected. And um, his dad is Mike DeWine. He used to be a United States senator. He was attorney general. Now he is the governor. And as attorney general uh, with the Voter Bill of Rights, he had to give the approval for us to move forward and get uh, get signatures. So I had to work with with him and his office and I got to give him credit. He approved us. He didn't have to. He approved us and we were able to get uh, we've been still collecting signatures to get the voter bill of rights on on the ballot. And you'll hear more about that uh, in some of the upcoming shows. But he is uh, the governor. And uh, want to uh, congratulate him. He's the governor and he's the governor of the state of of Ohio. So that's what happened in Ohio. In my uh, district, uh, Cedric Zinson, who I supported and endorsed early on and, uh, you know, been supportive of. And he won. He won. Cedric Denson is the state representative for the Fighting 33rd. So I had a pretty good I had a pretty good night. Wasn't a perfect night, but I had a pretty good night. I had a pretty good night. And you heard Cedric Denson. Many of you, met, you probably already know him, but if you didn't know him, especially the ones that are listening from out of town that listen to us, you met him uh, on our show, Alicia Reese Soul Food, at the, our special GOTV, um, our special Get Out to Vote edition that we had at New Prospect Baptist Church and we broadcast all over the world. You got a chance to meet and see him. Cedric Denson uh, will be sworn in in January as the new state representative for the Fighting 33rd District. So, you know, you hear all this stuff about, hey, you know, millennials need to be supported and, and, and people need to support millennials and those kind of things. Well, I'm I've always supported a lot of I support a lot of people, not just by age, but if I see a talent and and I try to help and I try to position people and I'm happy that, you know, a lot of I call them my mentees. A lot of my mentees have gone on and they all are doing great. And Cedric Denson was is one of them. You can add him to the list and and he will be uh uh, in my seat as the 33rd district, and he'll be sworn in in January. January, he will take office officially in January. So congratulations, Cedric Denson. So we had some winners on this show, you guys. We had some winners. Now, Congress was a tough thing. People said, what happened with Congress? Let me be honest. The first congressional district that I live in, after had Pureval ran for, it's a tough district because they did what? They gerrymandered. We talked about what gerrymandering is. Gerrymandering is, we had a whole show about it. It's when they sit down and draw lines that guarantee certain people or certain parties to have those seats. And so they drew this line for the first congressional district. They redrew it, took 50% of the black vote out and added in Warren County, which is a very tough county. So we're a multi-county congressional race 
And so when you look at a lot of people get mad, they were in Madisonville saying, well, well, he's not on my ballot. People get mad, you know, in Evingston. He's not on my ballot because you were in Congressional District 2 and not 1, which makes it very difficult. And it really was designed so that we could not have uh, we've never had an African-American be a a congressman in the first congressional district, but made it where even African-American couldn't even run for that district so that's why when you talk about drawing the lines that's what they mean when they talk about gerrymandering all that that's important because they basically draw and say I want this group to win it's almost like if I we play football and somebody said you know what uh the football game hasn't even started yet but we're gonna go ahead and make sure this team has 21 points already and then and then all of a sudden the referee get two teams together, the whistle's blown or what have you, uh, and we the clock starts. And you wonder, why did we lose <laughs> by 21 points? Well, they had already given the team 21 points. So that's kind of what happened in the 1st Congressional District. Uh, there was a huge turnout in Hamilton County, which is a swing county in the country. We're one of 34 swing counties. That means we can either go Republican or we can go Democrat. And for the last two times... We have gone Democrat in the county and we've taken over the county commission. Now we've got uh, the clerk of courts. So we got a lot of offices in the county because the county is now changing. So that's why they're trying to redraw these lines and well, we got to take some of that part of the county out, put another county in because we don't really want that to happen. And so that's what happened in that race. Uh, Hamilton County, after Pureval won, he actually beat his opponent, Steve Shabbat, by over 17,000, little over 17,000 votes. So he had a 17,000 cushion. But when he got to Warren County, Warren County came in and voted strongly for Steve Shabbat. So he didn't have enough votes to, to, to um, I guess, to make sure that whatever he lost in Warren County, he would be able to be okay because he got Hamilton County. He would have needed at least double, double that votes as a cushion to offset the the defeat he would get in terms of Warren County. So that's what happened uh, with that race. There is a lawsuit. I didn't talk about that during this election because I didn't want to you know, get people confused or, or, or muddy the waters, but there is a pending lawsuit and I'm for the lawsuit and, uh, hopefully I'll be able to join the lawsuit. Um, but it's a lawsuit of how they took this district and took out the black vote. In other words, they didn't want the black vote to be powerful. So they took 50% out of, so we're going to make sure that we're going to make sure, um, it's not over as it relates to making sure that is a competitive district. So anyway, that was what happened on voting Tuesday. And I know people say, I'm tired of all this, but don't you get tired of it? Because you know what? After you vote, now those folks are happy. Some folks, I won't say all, some folks are happy because they don't want you to pay attention. They want to be able to cut your health care and you don't know nothing about it. They want to know they want to be able to cut your services and you don't know nothing about it. They want to be able to cut different things and they don't want you paying attention. They want you to get on back and, and, and quit keeping up with what's going on at the state house and quit. You know, don't keep up with what's going on in the county. Don't keep up what's going on in, in Washington. But at the same time, we're getting ready to go on what they call tax season. We want you to pay all these taxes, but we don't want you to pay attention. 
Pay the taxes, but don't pay attention. So please, this is not time to go to sleep. It's the time to be woke. And honestly, I want more attention because I want to keep my eyes on what you're doing in Washington. I want to keep my eyes on what you're doing with my money up in Columbus. I want to get or, or wherever you are in your state capitals. I want to keep my eyes open. So we don't want to say, oh, let's just get back to paying taxes and not knowing what's going on. That's pretty much what you say when you say, I'm tired of all this politics. Let's just get back to life. Yeah, let's get, they, that's, some of them want you to do that. Yeah, let's just get back to taking your taxes and you don't say nothing and don't know nothing. Can we just get back to that? I'm just so mad that these people are so educated. They're asking questions. They want town hall meetings. They want answers. And my goodness, I got to talk to the voters because they got the power to put me in or take me out in one day. So believe me, there's some elected officials that say, man, I'm so happy. Let's go back to just being ignorant so we can keep doing what we're doing. Taking this money and not have to have any checks and balances to the people. So stay woke. Um, as far as me, I'm still at the state representative all the way to the end of December. They're already putting bills in to attack unions. The new people won't get to vote on it. They're trying to get as much in that they can get in before the new people are sworn in. They're even putting something to make it more difficult to get something on the ballot now. So now they want to make it more uh, harder to get anything on the ballot. You know how we get signatures to put on the ballot. Now they're saying we don't want that no more. Issue one, even though it did, it did lose issue one. And I'm just going to say this issue one ran a bad campaign, $13.1 million and you couldn't, couldn't get it going. The issue is voting. We got to get the voting. Everything that had voting won. Michigan, they took our concept with the voter bill of rights. It was in the DNC platform. They put it on the ballot. They got the money. They put money behind them. They got the money. They put it on the ballot, and it won. It won in Michigan, and as a result, Michigan got a, a governor. They won in Michigan. Voting, all the voting stuff won on the ballot. You go to Florida, and Florida put a ballot initiative for felons. In Ohio, you can vote if you're an ex-felon. But in a lot of states, you can't. And Florida's one of them. They put it on a ballot. It won. A voting initiative. It won. It won. Put $13 million behind the Voter Bill of Rights. It would have won. and would have helped other people get elected. So we've got to focus on the Voter Bill of Rights protecting our votes georgia's gonna need one now you see what's happening you got to get voting protected in these constitutions in the states because they're moving us back to state rights they're moving us back to state rights so a lot going on i know you say oh man there's so much going on but this is this is your life this is your livelihood this is this affects you you say oh it don't affect yes it does they're cutting programs that help people. They're cutting, um, they're raising taxes on the working class and cutting it. Now, if you're super rich, you're in good shape. You're in good shape if you're super rich. But if you're not super rich, you know, it's, it's getting tough for you. It's going to be tough uh, for you. So that's why you got to be aware. And stay woke. You got to be aware and stay woke. So keep your eye 
on what's going on. A lot is moving fast. The Supreme Court Justice Ruth Ginsburg, female, she's 85 years old. We've been asking her to hold on because the Supreme Court is becoming more and more conservative, almost more conservative than when Dr. King was alive. So you got Kavanaugh that just went in. Ginsburg then fell, hurt herself, I think broke her hips. She's hospitalized. She's already 85 years of age. Now, if she leaves, Donald Trump gets another nominee to the United States Supreme Court. And these appointments are for life. They're for life. So this is Alicia Reese Soul Food. Again, thank you, everyone, that came out uh, and voted. And uh, we're going to take a quick break. We come back. We're going to talk to my girl, Merle Dandridge from Greenleaf. Until next time.